Fantastic. Do you know, isn't it brilliant um, to lift up our hearts, uh, to lift our voices, um, and to lift our eyes at the, uh, at the end of such a challenging week? Um, I don't know about you, but I just, uh, so often I'm so consumed with what's in front of me, um, looking at the, the news and what's going on around the world, in our nation, but also the stuff in front of me in my own life. And I've had a bit of a rubbish week, if I'm really honest with you. But isn't it brilliant to come together in the, in an, on a Sunday evening, to lift up our eyes, lift up our voices together. It was absolutely wonderful, Adrian, that time of worship we've just had. It's brilliant, isn't it? And um, uh, my prayer this evening is that we lift up our faith levels this evening. And it's faith I want to uh, talk to us about this evening. Um, first of all, it's great. I've been prayed for. That's brilliant. Um, but I'd love you to also uh, pray in your own hearts as well. Um, because uh, I, 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 it's great to kind of listen together and hear from God. But we will only really be changed if God's Spirit speaks to us won't we? So um, let's, uh, let's bow our heads and just want to invite you in your own hearts to pray a really simple prayer. Dear God, please speak to me this evening. Dear God, please speak to me this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Brilliant. So this evening, uh, we're looking at that passage um, in 1 Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 to 8. And Paul is writing to his protege. Paul, the kind of elder statesman, the, the, the missionary, the great evangelist, has got this young lad, Timothy, who he's been investing in, who he's been pouring some of his life into, and saying, saying, Timothy, you're going to go on to do greater things than me, and I want you to be a brilliant evangelist to carry on the work. And he's writing these beautiful personal letters um, to this guy, Timothy. So often the letters that we have from Paul are written to whole churches, to groups of people. This is written to a person, Timothy, saying this is what faith um, is about. And the first thing I want to say about faith is that faith is passed from generation to generation. In uh, January this year, uh, a 92-year-old lady called Betty um, in our church went to be with Jesus. She'd fought the good fight. She'd run the race. Um, and uh, I believe she, she's now dancing in heaven. She kind of reached the, the heavenly gates. And, and Betty, when I was a teenager, she was my dad's prayer warrior. And I would be dragged around as a teenager to Betty's house. And we would sit and drink terrible cups of tea and, uh, and sit there. And she would pray for what felt like hours on end. Um, but it was through Betty that as a 15-year-old lad, I really learned what it was to pray. We all have people like that in our lives, don't we? Because there's this fundamental principle that faith is passed from one generation to generation. We see that in the, in the passage that, um, that Paul's writing to Timothy. He says, um, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And now I am persuaded now lives in you also. Get this sense in which Timothy was part of a great family of faith. And I wonder if you're part of a family of faith. I remember learning from my grandfather and my parents. And, and, and Timothy's clearly part of his great family of faith. He's learnt from his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice. Um, there's this terrible verse um, in Judges. Judges chapter 2 verse 10. Which says, after that a generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor, nor what he had done for Israel. And that breaks my heart. And that's actually why I work for Youth for Christ, because I believe that every generation needs to hear about Jesus. That verse in Judges comes after they've kind of come out of the promised land. This whole, they've had this amazing thing. These people have walked through the Red Sea. They've come into this land that God's given them. And after that, a generation grew up that knew neither the Lord nor what you'd done for Israel. There's something about faith that it's passed. You know, the church is only ever one generation away from extinction. Unless we pass it on, it won't go, it won't go forward. 
And we need to know that faith is passed from one generation to generation. There's a story of a, uh, of a, a, um, a doctor in World War I who is on the front line and there's explosions going off left, right and centre. And this one particular explosion goes off and he goes to minister to this dying man in the trenches. And he goes over to him and, and this man, he's beyond hope. He's, he's passing into the next world and he, he, he's, he's not going to make it. So with his dying words, he writes an address in pencil and he gives it to this uh, military doctor. And he says, after the war is over, will you go to this address? And will you say to that man, thank you. Because what you taught me is helping me to die well now. The man then died and the military doctor, after the war was over, went to the address on the, on the, uh, on the, on the bit of paper and he knocks nervously at the door. Imagine the moment, you knock on the door. An old frail man came and answered the door and he said, can I come in? I need to tell you something. And he sat down with his man, probably had a terrible cup of tea. And he sits there and he says, uh, I want to tell you that this, this man wanted to tell you something with his dying words. And as he tells him about the moment and the words of this guy, tears begin to stream down this old man's face, down the wrinkles. And, and the, the military doctor says to this guy, he says, would you mind telling me what, what your relationship was to this guy? He said, I was his Sunday school teacher. And he said, and why are you crying? He said, I gave up teaching Sunday school years ago because I didn't feel it made any difference. Something about faith being passed. And um, one of the reasons I'm here this evening um, is that uh, after this service, we've got a little moment with, uh, with, with Kate and the, and the youth guys. And what we're doing um, is we're piloting a resource, Youth for Christ. We're, we're determined to be people who pass on the good news from generation to generation. And the reason I work for Youth for, you for Christ is I believe that the most effective evangelists that we have aren't people like me or clergy or uh, anyone who's employed to do it, but the most effective evangelists we have are normal people, ordinary people in their day-to-day. And I've got a particular passion for young people. And so I believe that if Britain's going to be changed, it's going to be for young people sharing their faith with their friends in their schools, in their families, in their communities. And so we're piloting a new resource with uh, you guys. So I'm so grateful you're my guinea pigs um, today. So thank you so much. Um, but, um, but that's about passing on faith. It's about an approach that, that is, is simple and relational and, and my prayer is that um, it can have a real impact and I'm going to let you in on a little bit of that later as well. So the first thing is that faith is past. Secondly, faith is powerful. Some great words um, that Liam read to us. It says, um, for the spirit of God does not make us timid, but gives us power, love and self-discipline. Paul writes in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. There is something powerful about the gospel. It can transform a life upside down, inside front, and change someone's life in a moment. Um, we've re- witnessed that recently firsthand um, in our own lives. We're running, an, I know you run Alpha, I've seen Alpha banners and posters everywhere on the way in, fantastic. And uh, we're running Alpha at our church at the moment. And um, just before we started running Alpha, there was a girl in our youth group. My wife and I um, ran a youth group and still do run a youth group on a Thursday night. And there was this girl who was a part of that um, a number of years ago. Um, She's now 24. Um, But uh, at the end of the youth group, she um, fell off the rails a little bit and uh, got into a relationship and got pregnant um, and had this baby. And then that relationship that she was having with the fella broke down. um, And and she's now got this six-year-old son. Um, whom she's not been allowed to see because of some stuff that's been going on in, in her life. And so she had to, ha- she had to, the only way she could see her son 
was by um, having some, someone with her and having supervised visits by court order. And the person that she chose to have supervised visits with was Danny, my wife, who was the youth worker. Isn't that the power of youth ministry? And um, even though they hadn't had contact for ages, she chose Danny. And Danny found the only time that they, she was able to meet with this girl was at church on a Sunday. So she dragged her to church on a Sunday. The Spirit of God just began to work in her life. And she had all these questions. And so then, then we brought her a Bible. And she starts reading the Bible and taking notes. And she's, she's still, still really far from God. But, so then we say, would you like to come to Alpha? And so she's like, okay, I'm going to come to Alpha. And her job is that she sells energy. So she knocks on people's doors. You probably have these people. And she knocks on people's doors and she sells, you know, tries to save, get you on a gas or electric uh, bill that's tariff that's cheaper for, for you. So she knocks on this door this particular morning, but she texts Danny before she does. And she says, Danny, I'm really annoyed. In fact, she says it in much more colourful language than that. And she says, I'm not effing coming to Alpha tonight. This isn't happening. God's not answering my prayers. Really angry. And Danny's heart sinks. So she starts praying for this girl. This girl goes into this appointment uh, with this bloke and she sat selling energy and suddenly she's in this moment selling energy to this bloke and she feels like God is speaking to this bloke through her. And she's like, what's going on? So she says to this bloke, it's absolutely true, do you believe in God? And he's like, is this something to do with my energy bill? And she says, she looks him in the eye and she says, you've killed someone, haven't you? And he says, yes, I've just come out of prison. How did you know? She says, I'll oh, forget that. God's speaking to me. And you, and you feel that you can't forgive yourself for what you've done. And that you, God wants to tell you that he forgives you for what you've done wrong. And he's like, okay, brilliant. Sign me up for the energy tariff and then we'll talk about that. Isn't that amazing? She then comes out and she texts Danny really angry saying, this has just happened. You've been praying for me, haven't you? I'll see you at, I'll see you at Alpha tonight at 7.30. Isn't that amazing? And then, then a few weeks later, she's been on Alpha a few weeks and after week three, she texts Danny saying, I've just given my life to Jesus. She's now living with us. She's, she, she's still on a, on a journey and it's still really tough. But faith is powerful. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. And God can absolutely transform a life in an instant. So faith is past. Faith is, is powerful. Thirdly, faith is intentional. Um, Paul uh, writes to Timothy, um, so do not be ashamed of the testimony about the Lord or of me, his prisoner. Paul, I don't know whether I'd have got, I'd have got on with Paul. He, do, he seems a bit too task-focused to me. I like people, people. Do you know what I'm talking about? And Paul was always like, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And he was always had this real intention. It feels like he's passing down this intentionality of wanting to spread the word of God to Timothy. Do not be ashamed of, of spreading uh, of, uh, of, the, of the testimony about our Lord and of me as prisoner. One of the most important things I think we need to be as a church is, some, is, is a church who are intentional about sharing good news. Do you know, the church is absolutely amazing. There was a recent report by the, um, by the Cinnamon Trust, and they found that, that the church uh, gives billions of pounds of social value to the economy every year. What we deliver in terms of food banks and toddler groups and after-school provision and youth work and children's ministry and looking after old people and all kinds of things is absolutely incredible. But we mustn't stop talking about Jesus. 
We must not stop talking about Jesus. We must not, we must not just deal with the symptoms. We've got to deal, deal with the cause. And the cause of every person is we have a broken human heart, a disconnected relationship with God, and we need to bring those two together. So let us be a church who continue doing the great stuff, but let's also keep talking about Jesus and welcoming people home. Um, I had the privilege uh, of being at Spring Harvest this year. Absolutely fantastic. A couple of weeks at Butlins, you can't beat it. Telling young people about Jesus, going on the go-karts in the afternoon, fantastic. And um, uh, I was Bible teaching in, in the 15 to 18s youth venue. And it had been an exhausting couple of weeks. I'd got to the end, and on the la- very la- at the end of the very last session, these two girls come up to me, and it was really easy to remember their names because they were both called they were both called Lydia. And Lydia and Lydia come coming up come up to me. And you've got Christian Lydia, who is this really quiet, shy girl. And you've got non-Christian Lydia, who's a classic kind of year nine, bolshy, kind of comes up, marches up, marches up to me. And she comes up to me, and the first thing she says is, I'm not a Christian. I said, fantastic, welcome to Spring Harvest. She then said, I'm a Buddhist. I used to be a Christian, but now I'm a Buddhist. And my friend Lydia, who's this really quiet Christian girl, has been trying to get me to get me to come to the sessions all week. And I finally gave in this morning. And so uh, Lydia and Lydia had come along and a non-Christian Lydia says, um, but I, I don't want you to pray for me or anything, but I want you to know that God spoke to me this morning. I'm like, fantastic, great. And she goes, I'll see you later. I might come this evening if I feel like it. <laughs> Bullshit out of there. And uh, so then all day I'm like, come on, God, get, get, get Lydia, get her there this evening. So I'm praying for Lydia to be there. And I'm stood on the balcony watching the young people come in in the evening. I'm going, where's Lydia, where's Lydia? There she is, fantastic. So her and Lydia, Lydia sit down at the front and there's a talk and there's a ministry time. And after kind of 10 or 15 minutes of just waiting on God at the end of this talk, a song breaks out from somewhere. You know, the, uh, you leave me out across the world. Well, someone starts singing this. And this beautiful moment ripples across this venue of about 500 young people. And by the end of it, and the worship band, Adrian, you'll appreciate the new ones of this. They kind of kept, they found the, the right key. Joy and dear, led us to ban. It was this beautiful moment um, where the young people themselves are leading us in worship. Anyway, at the end of this, it's more kind of ministry time. And if you're on team at this point, you have to kind of go over to this ministry tent. And one at a time, young people come forward to be prayed for. And you kind of pray for young people. And we have people becoming Christians and set free from all kind of stuff. And so I just finished this mammoth prayer ministry session when Lydia comes bounding over to me. And she says, Phil, I want you to know that God's done that miracle in my life. I'm like, amazing. She says, and it was me that started the singing. I was like, wow. She said it was the last song I remembered before I became a Buddhist. I was like, fabulous. So we're like, great. Chat, chat, chat. And then, uh, then she says, but I've got to go. My mum's literally in the car. We're about to leave and, and go back home. I said, what do you need to do now? She says, what do you mean? I said, I think you need to probably give your life back to Jesus, don't you? She says, okay then. <laughs> it doesn't normally always work that well. But, uh, but she says, okay then. And she prays this beautiful prayer, gives her life back to Jesus. But the reason that happened, all that happened, is because her little friend, Lydia, who was the quietest, most unassuming evangelist, not a Paul type, but she was amazing. And she brought a friend along. And what was even better was on the next morning, I had the privilege of kind of wrapping up the week. And um, I was talking about the power of relationships. And, uh, and I said, I told that story. I said, this happened last night. And um, Lydia, would you, like to, would you like to stand up? And this really timid Christian Lydia, who badgered her mate to get there, stands up. And the whole place went absolutely ballistic and cheered this girl on. It was this beautiful moment because that girl, Lydia, had this intentionality to say, I'm going to get my friend there. And I believe as a church, we need to be more intentional about seeing our friends come to know Jesus. And I think the start of that is prayer, actually. 
And I think one of my challenges to you this evening, if you're not praying for some people in your lives who don't know Jesus to come to know Jesus, my challenge is tonight to maybe write down a list of five and um, begin to pray for them to, to come to know Jesus. Let's keep talking about Jesus and welcoming people home. Because we all know what it's like to be lost. There's the frustrated kind of lost where there's no one to ask for aid, where time begins to fade and you wish you'd stayed at home. There's the hopeless kind of lost, where the money has been spurned, where there's nowhere else to turn, and your heart burns, your soul yearns for home. And there's no place like home. Home. The place our hearts are based, where our stories can be traced, where our memories interlaced with the smells, the tastes of home, where the warmth hits our face, entering familiar space and our pulse drops its pace, and we breathe, because there's no place for home. And yet we've never been, it seems, in our ontological time machine, so far from the scene of our dwelling. We're wayward, willful, whimsical and wanton. So far from Eden, we're like an orangutan in Sweden. In our culture, we're like vultures consuming media like it's roadkill, forming sculptures with home pages that will kill us till we realise there's no place like home. And yet there's hope for home. Because the desire isn't lacking like the prodigal who's packing and the homing beacon tracking us home. And the journey back's begun. The central heating's on. Your room is being prepared. The relationship's been repaired. And grace is being spoken. The door begins to open. The promise is unbroken. Because the cry of the apostle, the deep, incessant God pull, the call of the gospel is come home. And there's no place like home. Let us be people who are intentional at calling all people home. Finally, Faith is hard. Faith is past. Faith is powerful. Faith is intentional. Finally, faith is hard. And, and Paul doesn't pull any punches, really, when he, when he talks about uh, suffering and, and hardships to Timothy. He says, that's why I am suffering as I am. And he then says, join me in suffering for the gospel. He recognizes it's hard. And if someone's ever, ever told you that it's easy being a Christian and following Jesus will solve all your problems, they're wrong. Because the gospel, the Bible says, if anything, it'd be more difficult. Jesus says it's the narrow way, the narrow path. It's more difficult that, that your friends and your family will hate you because of him. It's hard following Jesus, but it's worth it. And Paul says to Timothy, join me with, with suffering. Do you know, um, one of my greatest privileges is going around talking to people about Jesus. I was at an event, youth event last night in Mulvins, saw 12 young people become Christians for the first time. But before I do any of that, what I do is I make sure they know what they're not, what they're not in for is an easy ride. So I tell them at least six reasons why they shouldn't become a Christian. I tell them that it's, there's, there's apps on their phone that are more interested than following Jesus. That loads of Christians are, uh, are embarrassing. That the church can be often really hard. That, that people won't like you as much. That you'll want to give your money away. That you have to wait until you're married to have sex. At that point, one friend, uh, when I was preaching, once turned to his mate and went, you never told me that, which I thought was hilarious. Um, you know, and it's hard following Jesus. Faith is hard. Um, but it's worth it. This is, um, this is my garage door, um, and uh, we started doing youth ministry, my wife and I, uh, on our estate. We live on a little council estate in Birmingham, not far from here, and uh, we had these lads who would knock on our door um, on a regular basis, and uh, they'd come round, and they'd have, they'd have a cup of tea, and they'd sit in our porch, and we'd try and talk to them about Jesus, and, uh, and um, this was Joe, who uh, once wrote on our garage door, um, and Luke's na- name was above, um, and... Um, 
uh, they, uh, we once then said to him, said to him like, why have, you why have you graffitied our door? They were like, it wasn't me. And we were like, yeah, it's your name, mate. Do you know what I mean? And uh, so, so fantastic. So it's really hard. We, we first got to know some of these lads when they were smearing excrement on the, church, the, the wall of the church toilets during an alpha course. Happy, happy days. Um, it's hard. These lads, at one point, we came home, when my wife came home from work, and there was a police car outside the house waiting, waiting for her, and she's heart sink, she's like, what now? And um, they had a, the, our neighbours had called the, um, uh, the police, because, so they were doing something uh, to the front of our house, and uh, Danny's like, what now? And then the lads come around the corner, and they're like, what, man? And uh, the police are like, we've had reports of uh, you, you doing something to this, uh, this lady's house. And uh, they were like, yeah, that's because we were washing the garage door because we thought it looked a bit dirty and we we're trying to do a nice thing. And now you're calling the police on us. Well, but it's so at the same time, it's been really hard. It's really rewarding. And um, uh, Paul says to Timothy, it's hard. But I want to tell you that it's worth it. That the only hope that we have is Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. There is no plan B. There is no alternative. I was, uh, my, 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 one of my mates, Dave, who is one of the people on my list who I pray for regularly, desperately needs to know Jesus. And uh, he was in a right mess once with these two women. Um, he was, uh, and we went away. He took, we took him on holidays to Scotland, and I'm playing golf with him. And after nine holes, we're terrible at golf. It would, took about three hours to do the first nine holes. And we sit down, and he says, Phil, this is my, it's just such a mess in this situation. What shall I do? And I'm no good, I'm no good at love counselling. So I just said, Dave, the only thing you can do is give your life to Jesus and let him sort it out. And he sits there for a minute, and I'm like, Lord, please let this be a moment. Please, but he's from the black country. And he says, I said, I'm like, please let me for a moment. He turns to me, and he says, Phil, what's the second best option? <laughs> and I was like, no! But isn't that, an inter- isn't that so interesting that, that that's how so many people live, in the second best option? There is no plan B. Faith is hard, but it's worth it. Um, the beautiful thing about this is uh, about this, this this Joe story is it ends nicely um, because uh, we've become frightfully mi- middle aged and middle class recently and had our garage converted and um, we got a, uh, my, uh, my best mate's company um, in to do this and Joe is now one of his labourers and so this is Joe he's the tall one um, with my mate ads um, and uh, beautifully and uh, and kind of you know prophetically almost he was the one who took off the garage door. Um, to, to be replaced by a nice little uh, brickwork and, and windows. Isn't that amazing? Um, but, uh, but there you go, there's Joe. And we still pray for Joe. Uh, interestingly, actually, in terms of youth ministry, um, Ads now and again sits with him in the van. Um, and he says, and now and again, Joe will turn to Ads and say, I know I've been to all that youth, youth stuff. Can you tell me again about what, it, about what Christianity is all about? And he's not there yet, but we're praying for him. Um, faith uh, is past. Faith is... Um, Powerful, faith is intentional, um, faith is hard. Um, after this service, as I say, I'm going to go and um, launch a bit uh, of this kind of this idea. It's called Sync. Um, and the idea is that, we, that I believe that, relate, that evangelism is all about relationships and it's all about stories. And Sync is all about having a few people you pray for, being able um, to be able to tell your story of what God's done in your life, be able to articulate something of God's story about what the gospel is, um, and to understand that actually it's just through relationships that people come to faith. Um, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do something that I, I'm, I've not done, not done anywhere else, but I'm going to give you the opportunity, if you would like to join us on this journey, even though you're grown-ups, um, uh, if you'd like to, you're very, very welcome. Um, and um, uh, the way in which you can do this is if you go to this, if you go to, uh, this website here, if you get, get your pens and papers out, get your phones out, and write down at www.yfc.uk, no co, forward slash sync, 
Get your phones out. Pop it in. Don't, don't rule yourself out at this stage. Or write down. And what will happen is, is if you do that, you have the chance, you, you, you can sign up um, to, um, uh, to receive an email for the next 20 days. And I'm really sorry, but you're going to get me. If, or if you want to be a young person, you can have a girl called Grace. If you want to be, be an adult or a youth worker, it's done for youth workers, you can sign up for me. And what you'll get is, is me every day for the next 20 days. You get an email sent to you if you sign up. You get an email sent to you with a little video that's kind of about 60 seconds to, 60 seconds to 90 seconds long. Just talking about sharing your story, learning your story, praying for your friends. Um, and if you want to unsubscribe after a couple of days, you can. Uh, but if you'd like to have 20 days of listening to me, you're very welcome. If not, you know, I can see some people just going, absolutely not, I'm out. Um, but, um, but if you want to, that's great. So I'll leave, I'll leave that up there. Um, but um, I wonder if, Adrian, if you guys would, would want to come back up um, and lead us in a bit of worship. I wonder if um, a few of us just need to uh, respond um, tonight to, to a bit of that. Um, let's bow our heads for a moment, shall we? Um, and just as I was praying about this evening, I felt um, the Lord just lead me in a couple of directions. Um, the first is, as I was talking about faith being passed, um, I, um, I just wonder whether there's some people who, as I was talking about that, you thought about the influences in your life who passed faith to you. And just in the stillness, I wonder why, why don't you just ask the Lord to bring them to mind? Maybe a, a parent or a church leader or a friend or house group leader or a youth worker, or a children's worker. Just in this moment, why don't you just thank God for that person? Just in your own heart, just say, Father, thank you for that person who passed faith to me. And maybe think about those who, in your life, who you need to pass your faith to. I would just ask the Lord to bring to mind a few people in your life. Maybe friends, maybe. Younger people in your family. Just as Paul, Paul pours out fervent prayer for Timothy. Why don't we pray that they would grow in faith? And that the Lord, in his sense of humour, might use us to help grow that faith. Also thought there might be some of us who maybe you've just lost a bit of faith in that, that, that the, the gospel's powerful. Following Jesus and even reaching out to others can be incredibly frustrating, can't it? And it can be a real long haul trying to see some people come to know Jesus. And we can sometimes, even in our own Christian lives, have moments where we don't see those powerful moments. And I think the Lord wants to remind some of us of the power that he has. That he's alive today, that he can transform a life in an instant. That it is hard, but he's powerful. And not to stop believing in that and having faith in that. The Lord says to you tonight, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes.
finally, I think some of us, and myself probably included in this category, for whom life's just hard at the moment. The Lord just wants to say to you this evening, keep going. It's worth it. Father, I thank you for the honour it's been to be together this evening. Father, as we look back at those who've invested in us, may we be grateful and we thank you for them. Lord, may we be a people who pass your gospel on from generation to generation. May we never lose sight of the power of all that you've done and all that you are and all that you can do. And may we know that when faith is hard, you're with us. There is no plan B. That you're for us. And that you can use us. In Jesus' name. Amen.